Well, you've reached the house of unrecognized talent. Please start after the big shot. It's the Smoke Show here, February 12th, 2020, my second episode solo on the, I guess now, Get to the Point Podcast Network. I don't think we're expanding past Joe and I just doing our own solo shows. It's an interesting thought I might bring up to him, though. I don't know if anybody out there would like to be a part of this network. I doubt it. Uh, But today, I got a couple things I want to talk about with the listening audience. First, I had the opportunity to try out the new Bud Light Seltzers, which they just debuted this past month. And I have become... I wouldn't call myself an aficionado in seltzers, but I am branching out and I'm trying a lot of them because they're intriguing. I like a lot of them. And my one seed, my unequivocal one seed, is the Natural Light Seltzer Catalina Lime Mixer. It is a perfect seltzer for me. That is my definitive number one. Now, I think the bar for seltzers is the White Claw Seltzer. I think that they set the bar. I think White Claws are very good. They don't beat the Natural Light Seltzers for me. And when I'm grading a seltzer, I have to grade whether or not it's better or worse than a White Claw. And when I was trying out these Natural Light Light Seltzers, it was immediate better. And with the Bud Light Seltzers, it was... A pretty immediate worse. Now, they have four flavors. They have mango, black cherry, lemon-lime, and, or it might just be lime, and strawberry. I very much enjoyed the strawberry, but that's just for my palate. I didn't enjoy the strawberry enough, though, for me to want to go back and get another 12. This Bud Light Seltzer was very forgettable. It had no definitive redeeming tastes when drinking them. They weren't particularly strong. I think they were 5% compared to uh, compared to Natural Light's 6%, which uh, helps which is nice. They just the flavor was not there. They didn't taste particularly good. And I'm not, I don't need them to taste just like fruit juice. I don't need a ton of sugar in there to make them taste good. But I think White Claw struck that balance in between good flavor that you can definitively tell and then that seltzer alcoholic, uh, alcohol flavor. But Light, it was little of the fruit flavors. It was like a, a hint almost. And then the alcohol flavor that you you tasted in it was just, it didn't taste good. It tasted like, almost just like Bud Light, mixed with fruit. But we know that Bud Light can handle fruits, though, with their Bud Light Lime and Orange, which taste just like Gatorade. 
if you had carbonated those up a little more or found a way to transition those flavors into a seltzer form, I'd be all in. Those are delicious. You can have 12 of those and productively play a game of bags or play ping pong at a high standard. Those are delicious. These Bud Light seltzers were an utter disappointment to me. I feel like they were rushed. I definitely feel like Bud Light spent a lot of time with their ad campaign on the seltzers and not enough time on the seltzers themselves. I don't know who was testing them. I don't, I, I can't imagine how these things were greenlit to become America's favorite beers production of hoping to be America's favorite seltzer. But you can't top the, you can't top the White Claws right now. I think they were trying to. And you definitely can't try and top them with a mediocre at best product. Bud Light Seltzers, 4 out of 10. That's the, that's the grade. That's, that's a fair grade for me. Now some sports news. Earlier this week, I saw Field Yates uh, tweeted out a list of free agent quarterbacks that were going to be hitting the market in March. And it's a lot of big names here uh, leading off the list. And just a refresher, I'm a big NFL free agency fan. Joe's a big draft fan. Uh, I'm getting a little more into the draft this year, just given our other show and having to follow college football a little more. I'm, it, it's starting to rise in my meter of what I'm going to like to cover and like to notice. But right now, free agency is still my number one spot. Probably be because during Madden franchises, it's so much fun to try and sign free agents for your team and just obliterate your cap just because it's Madden and I don't have any clue as to the true accounting that goes into managing the cap with NFL teams. I just say, oh, I'm playing Madden 2012. Oh, LaShawn McCoy, free agent in 2014. Sign him for as much as he wants. But in real life, that's not how it works, and teams have to manage the cap, and teams have to determine whether or not a player is worth keeping. The first notable free agent that Mr. Yates put out was Tom Brady. Last year, 12-4 regular season record, 0-1 in the postseason, and a whopping 219-64 overall record. Last year, he had just over 4,000 yards, putting him 7th in the league, 24 touchdowns, tied for 13th in the league, 8 interceptions, tied for 14th, and a 53.7 QBR, which was 17th. Everyone knows this is an off year for Brady. Everybody. And we discussed this a little on the big show last week, about where he could land and some of the landing spots and all the notable landing spots in the NFL for quarterbacks right now are the Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, Dallas Cowboys, Tennessee Titans, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Indianapolis Colts. There could be some risers. There could be some freak teams like the, the Broncos that don't know if they want to stick with Drew Locke or the Jaguars who are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So... A lot of teams could emerge as needing a quarterback. A lot of these teams might try to fix it in the draft. Uh, Miami is one of them that I that we all think is going to be going towards the draft route. But if they decide they want to wait another year for Trevor Wall, uh, Lawrence, maybe they'll pick up one of these free agents 
have a coast year. Who knows? I don't like that. I like the win now mentality. But Brady, I think, is going to stay in New England. I don't think I don't think that he would just dip out. I think he understands his legacy there. I think he knows what he's done for New England. And if his asking price is too high and New England's like, okay, we know what you did. But this last year you weren't doing it. We're going to cut you loose. That would be a terrible decision because you're you're just you're cutting loose the face of the last 20 years of the, of the NFL. But the Niners had to do it with Montana, but they had Steve Young waiting in the ranks. The Patriots don't. So if you have a perpetual system of winning that's been established in New England, and with this guy at the helm, why decide to abandon that right now? After you went 12 and 4, you had an off year, fine. He's 40, 41, 42, fine. He's only going to play for two more years. Maybe, maybe only one more year. Get another winning season. Gosh, it, it's just, it doesn't make sense to rebuild until he's done, done. If they had gone 8-8, eight and eight, fine. 12 wins is 12 wins. It's damn hard to get 12 wins in the NFL. We all know that. So keep your 12-win quarterback. Next quarterback on the list, Drew Brees, last year, 8-3 regular season. He was hurt for five games. 0-1 in the postseason and has a total quarterback winning record of 163-111 to last year. Just shy of 3,000 yards with 2,979. He had 27 touchdowns, tied for fifth. And four interceptions, tied for first. He had a QBR of 71.7, which was third in the league. I hate Drew Brees. I'm a Falcons fan. Huge homer. Huge Falcons homer. And I think on this upcoming big show with me, Joe, and possibly fire, doubtably fire, uh, we're going to be covering Taysom Hill. Um, So I am very biased when it comes to the Saints and Saints players. I despise them. It's my biggest anti-team in sports, so I'm very, very anti-Saints. I despise Drew Brees because he's so effective and meticulous, and I'm, I get happy when the Falcons score a touchdown against the Saints. I get happy when they beat the Saints, but nothing makes me happier than seeing the Falcons sack Drew Brees or pick off Drew Brees, and that's just because he's so good. I love seeing Drew Brees get picked off by Atlanta. More than anything else in the sport, that's the only thing I like. So I want Drew Brees to stay, just so I can possibly see another interception thrown for my team. It's it's what really gets keeps me going in this rivalry. Should the Saints keep him? Yes, they should. They should definitely keep him 100%. I think the Saints violently misused Kamara last year. I cannot believe how, when I was watching the Saints play, it was it was like girly last year. How they're just not, how, I don't know what they were doing with him. He's the, 
I thought he was one of the best running backs in the league. One of the best. And they find a way to make it seem like he's not even involved. I get it, you have Latavius Murray. But Latavius Murray isn't Alvin Kamara. It's baffling how they used Kamara last year. And he was a huge factor for the Saints' success in recent years. Back to Breeze, though. He's the best quarterback the Saints have ever had. He's probably the best quarterback the Saints will ever have. He keeps taking you to the playoffs. That's what he does. If you want to keep grooming Bridgewater and Hill behind him, fine. Who knows how long Breeze is going to play? Two more years, maybe. But you can wait two years. Taysom Hill or Bridgewater aren't. It's not a pressing matter to get them reps when you're still making the playoffs. Next quarterback. This one's fun. Dak Prescott, 8-8 eight and eight regular season last year. 40-24 and 24 overall record in the league. 4,902 yards last year. Second in the league in yardage. 30 touchdowns last year. Fourth in the league in touchdowns. 11 picks, 19th in the league in that. And a QBR of 70.2. Fourth in the league. Are you committed to him or are you not? And I... Living in Northern Virginia, surrounded by the apocalypse that is the Washington Redskins, have gone through this. I went through this for three years with Kirk Cousins. Do you keep him? Do you not? Do you let him go? But he's so good, but he doesn't win the big games. Ugh. What do you do? Where's RG3? RG3 is better. Ugh. Romo is better. Ugh. (laughs) Maybe you franchise him. Maybe a franchise Prescott, honestly. If you're that indecisive, because he'll take the franchise. Franchise tag will get him $28 million, $30 million in one year. It's absurd. But as a football player, I can, or a former football player, I can understand and empathize with players wanting stability. They want to know that the team that they're playing for is sold on them. And when you don't have that, you don't play as good. You don't have that kind of confidence. And you need confidence to play the quarterback position. If you're going to be the leader of the team, you have to believe that the people making the decisions believe that you can be a leader. I think his teammates are fine rallying around Dak. I don't think the front office knows yet. Front office has the Cowboys looking as good as they've ever looked in the last 20 years. So give them another year. Give them a shot. I, On this list that I have here, Dak is the, aside from Breeze, he's the best quarterback on this list in free agency. That's saying a lot about what you think you're going to do or what you're going to get. It says a lot. And you need to put that into perspective. Next quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Covered him a little in my first show. 8-4 and four regular season this last year. 2-1 and one in the postseason. And an overall record of 49-49. and 49, Straight 500. 
Last year, he had 2,742 yards, 28th in the NFL. 22 touchdowns, tied for 16th in the NFL. Six picks, tied for 8th, and a QBR of 62.2. He's not the answer, Tennessee. But if he plays a whole season, what's the harm? You obviously know that Derrick Henry's your main man. And I think that Ryan Tannehill could be intelligent enough to know that the money is going to be going to Henry. And if the Titans re-sign him, fine. I'll play for the Titans. I'll do my thing. I got some good young wideouts. I'll get another contract. Maybe I won't. Tannehill. Tannehill's better than Rivers, who's next on the list right now. How can you say that, Sean? How can you say that? Because Tannehill did the damn thing last year. He took that team, he revived them, he took it from Mariota's hands, and he took them deep in the playoffs. On the back of Derrick Henry, for sure. I'm not saying that Tannehill was the star of the offense by any means. Nobody should say that. But you got a quarterback that took you to the playoffs. I think he's worth another year to see if he can do it again. If you think somebody else on this list is a better prospect for Tennessee, go ahead. I'm not going to tell Tennessee what to do, but I know what Tannehill did last year, and I think that warrants another year. Phillip Rivers, 5-11 last year. 123-101 and 101 overall record in his career last year. 4,600 passing yards, fourth in the NFL, 23 touchdowns last year, 15 ranking for him, 20 picks, 30th ranking in the NFL, and a 48.6 QBR, which was 22nd in the NFL. Phillip Rivers, he's probably got a year or two left in him, honestly, year or two max. He didn't look good this year. But you know what you're going to get with Phillip Rivers? You're going to get somebody that's going to sling it. You're going to get a leader. You're going to get somebody that's going to compete like hell. I love this final press conference this year when he said he couldn't have tried any harder. But if you couldn't have tried any harder, and these are the numbers that you put up with Mike Evans, or not Mike Evans, pardon me, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry, it's a little Mike Williams- It's a little suspect for the performance. Is he a suitable quarterback for a franchise that has pieces around him? Yeah. And Los Angeles, the Chargers, they lost a lot of games last year by one score. You flip those around, they're in the playoffs. Every every one-score game that if they flipped around, in the playoffs. That's how drastic they're record was and how close all the games were. So maybe it was just a bad team year for the Chargers. But someone's got to be be able to pick up the slack. That being the quarterback, Phillip Rivers. I know Frank Wright and him were talking uh, positively about each other this week. I just saw that on Twitter. He could land at the Colts. He could take over Brissett's job. Be a good spot for him. Indy loves good quarterbacks. Fill the void of luck. Fill a position where you're throwing to T.Y. Hilton and whoever the hell else they have in Andy. 
they need a wide receiver bad. We know the ceiling of Rivers by now, and we know the floor. I think that this – he doesn't have much time left as that effective of a quarterback. Next on the list, Jameis Winston, 7-9 and nine regular season record last year. 28-42 and 42 overall record. Last year, he had 5,109 yards, first in the NFL. 33 touchdowns last year, second in the NFL. 30 picks last year, 32nd in the NFL. And a QBR of 53.7. I, I'm not in on Jameis. If Tampa Bay is saying, oh, well, through 30 touchdowns, led the league in yards. Look at this kid. We can just fix the turnovers. It's his fifth year in the league, and he's throwing 30 picks. But then you look at the the dyna- uh, the um what is it the the parallels between him and Peyton Manning in their first first five seasons, and it's pretty. It's actually really similar. But you can't throw 30 picks in a year and get a max contract from a team. You can get a franchise tag. You can get a three-year contract. I don't think he's going to go somewhere else and succeed. I think Winston's a little delicate. I think maybe his first year with Arians, okay, fine. I think he needs two years. I think a lot of quarterbacks need two years with a coach or a coordinator to really unlock the next level of their game. So maybe Tampa goes and gets him. Maybe that's the best choice. Fine. But we cannot ignore the low quarterback rating. We cannot ignore how he has costed Tampa Bay wins. And if you can't win in the league, you can't play in the league. Jameis has been... I, I'm not re-signing Jameis if I'm the Bucks. I'll let him I'll let him walk. Because I don't think his ceiling is Peyton Manning. I don't. I really cannot imagine his ceiling being that of Peyton Manning's. I let him walk. I But Tampa's probably gonna re-sign him. Next on the list, only got three more here. Teddy Bridgewater. Comeback kid. 5-0 regular season, 22-12 overall record in the NFL. Last year he threw for 1,384 yards, 9 touchdowns, 2 picks, and a QBR of 48.9. He stepped up last year and saved the Saints season when Breeze went down with a, a, a bum thumb. 5-0 with the Saints. Great team. Great team last year. I think Bridgewater should get the helm before Taysom Hill, first of all, with the Saints. I think Bridgewater's a good quarterback. I like Bridgewater. Everyone likes Bridgewater. Who doesn't like Teddy? I think Teddy could win. I like Teddy Bridgewater when he was in Minnesota. I really like Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a balanced quarterback. I think he's talented. I don't think he makes a lot of mistakes. I think he got dealt a bad hand with that gruesome injury early in his year in his career. I think that the Saints should 
keep pursuing Teddy Bridgewater. Retain him. And if he wants to play somewhere else and ball out, that's what he's going to do. Bridgewater's going to go out. He's going to have a good year next year wherever he's at, if he's playing. If he's sitting behind Breeze next year, won't, won't hear much about him. But I think when Bridgewater takes the field, he's going to make a difference on that team. He sure as hell is going to be better than Marcus Mariota, who was 3-4 last year, going to be a free agent. 29-32 and 32 overall record in the NFL. Last year, only 1,200 yards, 7 touchdowns, 2 picks, at 33.7 QBR. Marcus Mariota, you're going to be on another team, and you're probably going to be a backup on another team. I mean, what a versatile guy that turned everything into mediocrity. Am I rooting for him? Yeah. Sure. I've always wanted to see Marcus Mariota at his fullest potential, but unfortunately, I think we already have. The bloated Heisman winner, electric Oregon quarterback is no more. It doesn't look like he's lost, but it doesn't look like he is in the zone either. He's not picking apart defenses with his arms, with his arm or his legs. He's not this dual threat, going to kill you in both ways. You have to to game plan for his legs and his arm. No. It, It seems like teams have been able to figure him out. It's a bummer that I think that We've already seen everything that he can do, and if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong. I don't think he's going to be getting many more snaps. He probably should be getting more than Ryan Fitzpatrick. But what do I know? Just a little bit of a bummer. And last on the list, Case Keenum. 1,700 yards last year, 32nd in the NFL. 11 touchdowns last year, 31st in the NFL. Five interceptions, tied for third, and a QBR of 43.5. He lost his job to Dwayne Haskins. It's evident that the Redskins don't know a thing about breeding quarterbacks. They don't know how to take a talented quarterback like Keenum and make him efficient. The Vikings found out. The Broncos couldn't. The Redskins couldn't. The Texans couldn't. But somehow the Vikings found it out. They learned how to do it. Now the Redskins have any weapons this year? God, no. They had Terry McLaurin, who is a stud. But aside from McLaurin, they had nobody. That's a tough deck. You lose your all-pro left tackle. That's a tough deck. The team isn't that good. Tough deck. But quarterbacks are supposed to be able to play with tough decks and make more out of them. I don't think Haskins proved that he was better than Keenum, but I don't think Keenum made any case for himself. Oh, yeah, how about that? He didn't make a case for himself to be retained. He'll probably go somewhere next year, throw for 3,000 yards, uh, 20 touchdowns, 11 picks. I don't know where he's going to go. He might not play next year. He might be a backup. But if he comes in off the bench, he will likely make a good impact. I think that's, he, he, when he has the helm in a situation where he's starting off with it, not good. When he's coming off in a pressure situation where he needs to be the guy, pretty good. Minnesota, stepped up. I can't even 
fathom where Keenan would land. I don't know what his upside is. But that's the fun part of NFL free agency. It's all speculation. And rumors fly around, and we just get to enjoy it and imagine these quarterbacks and players in different uniforms. I love it. And we will continue going over this until March. Until it opens and NFL free agency hits like a storm. As always, I am Sean Anderson. You can follow the show Twitter at GTTP Podcast on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at SeanAnderson65. Like, subscribe, rate, review. I'm a five-star man. Do whatever you want. Reach out to me if you want me to talk about any other free agents that you want, any topics that you want, uh, things that you want reviewed. I'm a renaissance man in 2020. You can talk about anything that you want. So feel free to reach out. You can DM me, tweet me, any of that. I will be back next week with another show. Maybe I'll cover running backs, wide receivers, just skill players in general. We'll figure it out. I'd like to thank Field Yates for inspiring this show. I'd like to thank Bud Light Seltzers for giving me something to dislike. And as always, I'm glad you got to see me today.